Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 354 of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is sponsored by Advanced Compliance Solutions, where I'm proud to offer my new service offering, the Compliance Alliance. The Compliance Alliance is a three-step process to ramp up your sales in the product and services area of compliance. It provides you a boot camp for your ELT or senior sales team, a one-month sponsorship of my seminal podcast, a one-month to more effective compliance program, and follow-up sales training. For more information, contact me, Tom Fox. Today, I have with me back Vin DeCiani. He is the president and founder of Affiliated Monitors. We discussed the recent strategic alliance announcement between Affiliated Monitor and RS Legal, a <clears throat> premier UK white collar and fraud boutique. We discussed the strengths that each party brings to the new business venture and what they hope to achieve. But what we really use this uh, new strategic alliance to discuss how companies can take a more proactive approach to addressing ethics and compliance deficiencies comprehensively and through the efforts of an independent monitor. When an independent monitor approach is used, there is a much greater likelihood that a successful outcome and improved practices can be achieved. If you've been following my podcast for some time, you know that I've been talking about the evolution of best practices compliance programs, continually moving away from the simple paper program articulated by some. With the release of the Department of Justice's Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs in February, you really need to think about how your program's designed and ask questions about it. The proactive use of a monitor is a key innovation in this path. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello again, this is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist, back again for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today I have back with me Vin DeCiani, the president of Affiliated Monitors. Affiliated Monitors has recently announced a strategic alliance with RS Legal. And I found this, uh, it's a UK firm, and I found this a very interesting development in the monitor and corporate integrity world. So I I asked Vin if he might come back on the podcast and explain uh, this and what it brings to the table and how this will help. Uh, both uh, affiliated monitors, RS Legal, but more importantly, the compliance community to extend its reach on a global basis. So with that somewhat long-winded introduction, Vin, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Great to be back. So Vin, this week, uh, or on October 6th, I saw a press release which said that affiliated monitors had formed a strategic alliance with RS Legal Strategy Limited, a UK QC-led uh, legal one-stop shop for white-collar crime and fraud boutique. And I was wondering, for uh, the members of our audience who are not familiar with uh, RS Legal, uh, what they uh, what they do and um, how then the Strategic Alliance is going to work with affiliated monitors. Sure. Um, so um, the folks at RS Legal are barristers um, out of uh, the U.K., um, uh, the two fellows that we've been working with most closely are uh, Jason Sugarman and um, Mark Rainsford. Um, they are QC, and they 
have a sort of um, a, a new approach, if you will, um, to um, uh, the work that a barrister can do in Great Britain, and that is that they can now do some consulting work, um, which they were sort of restricted uh, in doing before. And um, the vision that Mark and Jason have um, established in creating RS Legal Strategy is to be a sort of a resource for counsel um, uh, who are working on matters before the serious fraud office or for companies that have matters where they might be under an investigation or have gotten some kind of notice or some type of, uh, you know, some hotline complaints or something where that potentially could occur. And so the, the, the work that RS Legal Strategy um, is doing and is planning on doing in, in greater depth is to sort of be a resource for uh, attorneys and companies to sort of navigate through the SFO process um, with a mindset of um, hopefully reaching a resolution in which the company um, can uh, make improvements, and that's where affiliate comes in, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, but just to uh, be able to sort of posture the case in a way that is cooperative with the, uh, with the SFO uh, in, in a positive way, um, and then uh, perhaps make some uh, changes um, uh, in, in order to address some of the deficiencies that either internal investigation has uncovered or um, that the company has been put on notice about uh, in, a, in a way that it, it's very different thinking, and it's, it's, it's sort of what, what's going on now in the U.S. with DOJ, where companies can come in and demonstrate, you know, that they've made some, uh, taken some effective corrective action so as to avoid a deferred prosecution agreement or, uh, if, uh, you know, appropriate, to enter into a deferred prosecution agreement as opposed to a full-blown prosecution. So our legal strategies is the one group that is looking to um, be a resource um, uh, for um, working with those kind of companies. The, the link with affiliated um, uh, is, and this is uh, coming from Mark and Jason at RS Legal Strategy, is to use affiliated's work as uh, a consultant in ethics and compliance programs and assessment of programs that we've talked with you about um, previously um, as a an arm or a part of this corrective action plan um, so that the company, through a third party, an independent, can put together a an action plan, including uh, maybe improvements or maybe a deeper assessment of their compliance and ethics program and their culture and what have you, as a full package. You know, so you then bring that um, to the SFO or, um, you know, other agencies or even DOJ, um, where you now have a well-established um, uh, process or program, if you will, um, for improvement. Um, through, again, for us, the, the, the changes that they're making are real and they're effective and, you know, they'll be um, ongoing. So that's sort of the, sort of the, the, sort of the connection. So then one of the things that intrigued me about this strategic alliance is we've seen really over the past uh, 18 months an uptick in monitors 
uh, for companies headquartered outside of the United States. Certainly in the Vimplecom case, um, we did not see one in Telia, but we see the Department of Justice um, placing monitors on, on companies outside the United States. Does this uh, new development or this continued development really, uh, and then now overlaid with the strategic alliance by affiliated monitors and RS Legal, give you the, um, the opportunity to maybe expand your monitor reach uh, outside the United States as well? It very much does. Um, it, it, you know, again, that for us as affiliated, we are seeing much more activity on the international side of things. Um, and you know, I think you're, you're spot on when you say that, that that's occurring. Um, and that's, you know, not just DOJ looking at companies outside of the U.S., but I think, um, uh, you know, through uh, the SFO, um, they are looking at companies that have greater reach outside of Great Britain, you know, and they might be uh, companies doing work in Great Britain or aligned or whatever, what have you. Um, and so for affiliated uh, to have a team of folks from Great Britain, including, uh, as I said, Mark and Jason, one of the other folks that they have is a, a retired judge, uh, Jeffrey Rivlin, who we very much see as joining the affiliated monitors, you know, monitoring team to expand our reach into Europe uh, and then beyond. So, yes, very much uh, our thinking is with that type of activity uh, that you noted, um, there's going to be many more opportunities um, for that type of work. So I'm certainly aware of Affiliated's uh, role as uh, corporate monitors. I'm certainly aware of your role in uh, proactive compliance. Uh, I'm not as aware of the role that Affiliated might have based upon your and Eric's sort of background before uh, you guys got together uh, in Affiliated. Uh, but you both did investigations for the government, if I'm getting, uh, if I recall correctly. And if so, does that sort of uh, experience that you guys bring to the table really lend itself to the type of work that I see RS Legal does in terms of uh, overall business and/or financial crime? It very much does. Um, you know, when we started Affiliated 15 years ago, um, it, it came from some of my experience that I had as an assistant attorney general in Massachusetts, um, Eric bringing his experience as an IG um, in investigations on the financial side of things or on the, um, the you know, sort of fraud in procurement and or false claims area. Um, Don Stern from Affiliated certainly has a wealth of experience in um, government investigations. And then Rod Brandon, um, who joined us from the Suspension and Debarment Office of the Air Force, we all have that type of experience. That type of experience is very similar to what Mark um, Rainsford and Jason Sugarman have in their experience as barristers handling, you know, um, UK bribery cases or other serious fraud matters before the SFO. You know, that type of government experience is very, I think, very significant in understanding, you know, the sort of the what the government is looking for in terms of a uh, sort of the steps that a company can take to perhaps rectify problems that have occurred in companies, but more importantly, um, in just addressing some of the um, behaviors um, that led to 
uh, the problems, you know, that they're now confronted with. For example, you know, a lot of times um, what we see in, in, in cases in the U.S. And, and, and now internationally is um, just sometimes it's bad controls. Um, sometimes they just don't have good FCPA controls in place, or they have really good, uh, you know, FCPA controls in place, but they're not very effective, you know, in the ground or on the ground rather, or in the field, you know. So um, the, the experience that we have, it, it, affiliated and now with the, with the RS Legal Strategy folks, is to be able to develop an understanding of number one, are the controls effective? Number two, are they actually being, you know, used um, by companies. Mark and Jason at RS Legal um, really do have that same depth of understanding that we have, and that's why it was sort of a a natural fit for us. So um, I'm obviously intrigued by the proactive side of affiliated monitors and how this strategic alliance will help that. But I wanted to uh, really stick with the legal part for a minute, because the other thing that struck me then is that with the increased uh, cooperation uh, between international enforcement agencies, and I'll point to the Telia case, which listed 17 different countries as participating with the Department of Justice and SEC in the investigative phase of that case, it seems to me that having not only competent but really expert counsel and advisors in the country where you may be dealing with uh, uh, regulators outside the U.S. is going to be a critical step going forward and that uh, affiliated monitors through this strategic alliance could bring that type of expertise to a client where if uh, a company was subject to the serious fraud office, or excuse me, seri- uh, subject to the bribery act and the SFO was investigating, you could have uh, uh, pro- appropriate counsel in London, certainly uh, here in uh, the United States, affiliated monitors could work with uh, whatever regulators might be looking at a company from DOJ, SEC, DOD, or you name the alphabet agency. And it, it seems like to me that you really uh, expanded that type of footprint as well. Uh, very much so. And again, that was the vision that we had when we when we uh, decided to link up. You know, there was a, a, a an event out in London this week, which was the ABA White Collar uh, uh, International Group met, um, and some of the speakers were from DOJ and from the SFO, um, and it's it, it's just very interesting. Um, uh, one of my colleagues, Don Stern, was there, and Mark and Jason participated as well. Uh, Don was on one of the panels, and the conversation I'm hearing from them is this sort of conundrum that you've identified, and that is, you know, a matter is brought in the U.S. against the company from the U.K. or from France or somewhere else, um, and so the, the Department of Justice is taking action, but the SFO in London might be looking at it, or, you know, uh, um, the, the Justice uh, the, the Division in France might also be looking at it. And the, the, the sort of the quandary is, you know, you might resolve the matter with DOJ, but it doesn't necessarily resolve the other matters that are percolating um, out there. And I think, uh, you know, from David Green's uh, 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 speaking um, there, uh, this week, you get the sense that there is a level of cooperation between the SFO and DOJ that um, is very strong, um, and I think that um, that's, that bodes very well for what you just described as to what we're trying to do. Um, I think it's still going to take some time for other 
you know, uh, all, uh, officials in other s- countries to sort of uh, develop that type of relationship and trust, you know, between the agencies in terms of the level of investigation and or, uh, you know, what they're actually looking at and trying to r- resolve things. But, you know, a global uh, resolution of a matter really serves everybody. Um, as opposed to having, you know, a DOJ matter get resolved and then you've got still an open action in six other countries. You know, so if, if what we're doing here can help bring some type of global resolution, Tom, and again, that would be a, a nice resolution, I think, for companies uh, because of the uncertainty of an ongoing action or what have you, but in a way that is effective, you know, can, can be demonstrated that they've actually done something that makes a change, um, that, uh, you know, addresses, you know, with transparency changes that they've undertaken and can give confidence to DOJ, the SFO, and other, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the French uh, justice authorities. That's a win for everyone, you know? And so, yes, that is the goal here. I don't know if we'll ever achieve it, but it is something that we are very much uh, considering. Now let me turn to um, the the thing that frankly excites me the most about it, affiliated monitors and what you guys can really bring to the table is on the proactive side, um, where you would go in and and help a company assess culture, help them uh, uh, really beyond the controls part, help them understand how that it does start not only from the top, but it drives through the entire organization, uh, whether you call that values, whether you call that ethics, whether you call that culture, but having that that right message all the way through the organization and then reinforcing that message through appropriate use of controls. How does uh, this strategic alliance really help you in, in what I, I find to be one of the most exciting initiatives of affiliated monitors at this point? So, uh, you've heard us talk about the fact that monitoring oftentimes um, uh, involves looking at, you know, at uh, an ethics and compliance program, conflicts of interest, you know, uh, codes of conduct, and, you know, uh, the effectiveness of those programs, and then reporting the findings that you make to the Department of Justice or other government agencies that, the, you know, have put in place the monitor. The assessment work that we do is it takes sort of the same criteria, but on a consultative side. Um, and so, you know, for companies that are not necessarily, you know, facing, you know, uh, suspension or, uh, you know, some type of criminal action or even being looked at uh, for purposes of whether or not they are a trusted contractor, um, to have um, an independent come in and do that type of assessment um, it, it really it sort of creates, as I as I talked about, some 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 better controls, some more uh, you know, an understanding of whether or not those controls are effective, um, and can sort of lead to this culture of um, compliance and you know stronger ethical adherence. Um, not a lot of com- companies, um, uh, you know, are willing to invest, and this is a conversation we've had before with you, they're not willing to invest up front into, uh, you know, looking at it at themselves that carefully, and, they, you know, they're very comfortable having a compliance program that they can show to the world that they have one, but they're not necessarily willing to invest in how effective those programs are, or whether or not, you know, the compliance team is sufficiently resourced to be able to do, you know, the intended, 
you know, job of reaching, you know, thousands of employees around the world, you know, and so in headquarters, they have a strong ethics and compliance program, but not necessarily in the field. What we're trying to do here through this sort of consulting uh, kind of um, effort is to encourage uh, companies to take that step because in the end, you know, uh, it's going to save the company, you know, significant um, heartache um, and, you know, dollar and reputational, uh, you know, damage that can occur and, and those kinds of things. Um, we're all very familiar with what's going on now with, uh, you know, in New York with Weinstein, right? Um, that type of behavior and, and that goes on, it's very much cultural. You know, so yes, it's individual behavior, um, but it's cultural. And to have a company where people are not afraid to speak up, not afraid to say something because they're going to be retaliated against, um, and to have an effective, you know, compliance team that will take those um, matters seriously and be able to address them, uh, that, that's something that's hard to, to get companies to do. I think by the effort that we're making um, and with our legal strategies, that's really our goal is to get companies to, to actually take that initiative up front rather than waiting you know, for the shooter drop. You know, I'm really glad you brought up the Harvey Weinstein case because uh, I think uh, compliance professionals have woken up today or maybe even yesterday to realize sexual harassment is compliance. And that it's all compliance and it's all ethical culture and it's all values. And if you don't have a handle on something which you may think as is as far away from anti-corruption compliance as sexual harassment could be, uh, you may find yourself, uh, your company going into receivership uh, because the CEOs had to leave. So that's a, that's a great example. And I hope we can build upon that in the future. Well, then, unfortunately, we're near the... Go ahead. Go ahead, Doc. No, no. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to make a point about that because we've worked with a couple of companies, you know, in the in the past 15 years, where um, you know the owner of uh, of the entity was involved in, in in behaviors like that, maybe not as drastic and not as predatory, but certainly behaviors that were questionable, and and they have staff around them who know what's going on, but are terrified. You know, they they almost like can't speak. Um, because it, it, number one, it's a, it's their job. They might have a mortgage. They might have kids in school, and you know they can't really speak up, and they really are terrified. And then when we come in, it's it's like giving them the opportunity to speak up for the first time. It, it's almost like a confessional, right? They get to talk and they get to explain what's going on, and it's a catharsis for them. Um, creating that type of environment is, every, is something that every company needs to strive for. Right. Um, and so it's a hard thing to do, but I think you should address that in, in greater depth because it's very real in, in companies. You know, and sometimes, you know, uh, we, we talk, uh, you know, all always about corruption and those kinds of things. But, you know, for many people on the ground, it's what they immediately see. And that may be something in terms of harassment and or, you know, improper behaviors that that really affect them more you know, directly than at the top where there might be corruption. So it's a really good topic for you to consider. Well, Ben, unfortunately, we're near the uh, end of our time, but uh, this has been a, a really uh, fascinating interview, and I really look forward to seeing uh, what both affiliated monitors and RS Legal can do going forward. I've been visiting with Vin 
de Siani, I'm sorry, the uh, president and founder of Affiliated Monitors about the very exciting announcement of the strategic alliance formed by Affiliated Monitors with RS Legal Strategy Limited in the United Kingdom. Vin, thanks very much, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out even further to a greater audience for this, the most senior podcast in compliance. Also, please check out any of my other podcasts in the podcast network, including Across the Board, a podcast on boards of directors, 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership, Compliance Report International Edition, which takes a look at international issues, Compliance Into the Weeds with Matt Kelly, where we take a deep dive into a compliance or compliance-related topic, Everything Compliance, the only roundtable podcast in compliance. Once again, this is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, and I hope you'll join me next week for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.